Great, Alice, thank you very much. A short story, but it's um, powerful nonetheless. And um, if you want to have, keep that open on page 927, you can, you can get, just sort of follow what I'm going to say for the next few minutes. And let me just say, Daryl has uh, turned that, that story, or someone, a publisher, has turned that story into this book, uh, Unreachable, um, not. Uh, Daryl Tunnelly, his story uh, of uh, one man's journey through drugs, violence, armed robbery, and a miraculous encounter with God in prison. It's a, it's a sort of, as you might imagine, a fun, uh, fast-packed read. I recommend it. I want to speak very briefly about this story in relation to what we've just heard from Daryl. This story of a man who finds treasure in a field. And when he finds it, he hides it. And in his joy, he goes and sells everything he has in order to buy the field. I want to talk very briefly about the treasure in the field, about the pleasure in the field, and about the measure implicit in the field. The treasure, the pleasure, the measure. First, the treasure. I just want to put it to you that each and every one of us, we long for treasure. I mean, when we were little, maybe it was a little chest with, you know, gleaming jewels and diamonds and so on. But as we grow up, it becomes a little bit more sophisticated. But I want to say that I think God, I believe God has placed in every single one of us a longing, a desire for something valuable, treasure, if you will. It, it's, uh, it's something, like, I mean, Hollywood, Hollywood exists on the fact, Hollywood churn out the, the films year on year on year, tapping into this deep stream of longing, of desire, of, of dreams. It might, it might be for the ideal relationship, the perfect partner. That's the treasure that you're, you're living for, you're longing for. It might be, and magazines are sold on this, aren't they, month after month, the ideal home. You live in a house now, it's fine, but oh, if it just had a slightly bigger garden, or just one or two more rooms, or if it was just in this sort of idyllic countryside where the children could wander free and where the post office is always open, and just, if it was just, it's this dream, this longing, and a certain amount of us, me, we invest ourselves in what could be treasure. Maybe it's an achievement, something that we're working towards. We imagine ourselves rather like our Olympians on the rostrum with the gold medal. I've done it. Treasure, an achievement, a dream, an ambition. It, I want to say that's perfectly natural. In fact, I'd be slightly concerned if you didn't have some kind of, any kind of inkling as a human being for treasure. God made us that way. And he tells this story of a man like Daryl, who discovers treasure. Christians believe the ultimate treasure is a rare, rare thing. That's the definition of treasure. And the ultimate treasure is Jesus. It's not, he's not, something that we can earn or buy. The man in the story, he comes across, he discovers the treasure in the field. That's the, the gift of God to us. He gives us Jesus. He gives us a new start in relationship with him. He enables us to realize and discover who he is and just how valuable he is. Treasure transforms life. 
I mean, if I was to bring in a box full of 50-pound notes, was millions of pounds, and I gave them to you, treasure, financial treasure, I venture to suggest that the gift of a million pounds straight off would change your life. <laughs> that's what treasure does. That's what the gospel, the good news, that's what that word means. That's what it does. It changes our lives when we receive the rare gift of Jesus. Treasure in the field. Secondly, pleasure in the field. Just uh, referring to the story. When a man found it, this treasure, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. In his joy. The, the, um, the Bible wasn't written originally in English. It was written in um, Greek, this part of it anyway. And the, the word in there uh, for, that's translated in his joy is the Greek word eurisko, from which we get the word Eureka, an amazing discovery, a transforming discovery. Eureka, in his Eureka moment, I've discovered this amazing thing. Changes his life. Deep, deep joy. In his joy, Jesus says. Interesting, isn't it? He doesn't say in the story, in his happiness. Those two things, similar, but actually easily confused in life. I wonder whether so many of us, so much of the time, run in pursuit of happiness. We want to be, we talk about being happy, the lasting happiness, something to make us, you know, make me happy. We want to be happy. It's interesting, that, that word, I quite like sort of discovering where words and idioms come from. Happiness comes from the old English word, hap, which means circumstance, chance. Our, our, our happiness is, is literally happenstance. It, it just, it comes and goes by chance. It just, things make us happy, and we're on a high, and then when the high ends, we're on a low again. Our, our family, just a brief example, we, um, we were all euphorically happy the other night. We traipsed over to the O2 to go and watch Michael McIntyre, the stand-up comedian. Two hours, amazing guy, two hours pretty much on stage. And by the end, we were all, our t- stomach muscles were aching. We had sort of tear streams down our, our cheeks. Hilariously funny. Absolutely hilariously funny. We were filing out of our seat. That was so good. That was so good. So funny. Um, 20,000 people, just a few exits. So half an hour later, we're still just shuffling our way through the O2. Eventually, we get out, and there's a, just one tube station from the O2, so we're in the queue to the tube station. I've got, a, I've got a bit of a dicky knee at the moment, and I, if I stand for too long, it gets a bit sore. So by the time I got onto the tube, eventually my, my knee was quite sore. And eventually got a seat and a tube, and then we had to change, and then get back. And it, it was past midnight. By the time I got home, it was, it was past midnight, which is past my bedtime. I wasn't very happy, <laughs> if I'm honest. I just, I just want to go to bed. You know, Lodger said, oh, Michael McIntyre, what, what, what was he like? What, what did he say? What did he say? He goes, yeah, we know he's really funny. Uh, uh, what, what, what were the things? I think two hours, just two hours ago, two hours, I roaring with laughter, happy. And then I kind of, you know, what did he say? There was something about the hotel room. And but in the story, Jesus talks about joy. Joy is a, is a gift of God. It comes from God. And because God is permanent, Faithful, eternal, 
as the source of joy. Therefore, the joy that he gives us is faithful, it's permanent, it's eternal. It doesn't depend on circumstance in his joy. You see, we discover the treasure of God, of Jesus, and new life with him, that rare gift of God. And if we receive that gift of God, Jesus, it's the source of permanent joy, if you like, everlasting happiness, because it isn't on a, on a, a sort of one-off hap, it's on the eternal happening of Jesus who came, who loved, who lived, but ultimately died, and rose again to give us his new life, eternal life, everlasting life, part of which is to experience his joy. Joy, funny enough, that grows in the face of adversity. Joy that deepens when there is testing. In my line of work, from time to time, I, I take funeral services. And they, 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 that is, there's a whole range of human experience and emotion there. But boy, when you take, as from time to time I do, the funeral service of a long-time believer and their family, all Christian believers, rooted in a faith and a life, if you like, that goes beyond circumstance. There are tears rolling down their cheeks at the sadness of this hap. But radiating through the tears, and it's, it's hard to describe, you just have to be there to see it, is a deep, deep joy. That God is in his heaven and he knows what he is doing. And whilst this is desperately sad, it doesn't rob me of my life in God, it doesn't rob me of my joy. And through the tears, a radiance. That's what Jesus is talking about here. It, it's a mark, a deep mark of what is on offer if we will receive the treasure of Jesus. The treasure, the pleasure, finally, the measure. The measure in the field. It's the, it's the cost. What does it cost for the man to get the treasure? And the answer is everything. It cost him all he had. When a man found it, the treasure, he hid it again, and then in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought that field. The measure of this treasure is everything. It, again, in the original, um, there's a word here that we, it's not easy to translate in the, in the English because really it's a sort of emphasis word. It's, it's the word hosa, and it means, you know, absolute or all, sort of encompassing everything. We would literally translate it, he went and sold all everything, absolutely everything. would underline the everything, highlight the everything. He didn't hold anything back. He has to sell everything to get the one thing. He has to sell what he already has in order to get what he really, truly, deeply wants. I, I wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair of me to stand up here this morning and to speak of, as Daryl has, as many others have, of the joy and the privilege of, of receiving the gift of God, of, of, if you like, stepping into Christian life, if I wasn't also honest about the fact that it will cost. Daryl, he, you know, he lost face in front of his mates. He, he changed. That, you know, you've, the, the old Daryl wanted to slap the guy in the face, but the new Daryl, you're, you're not that man anymore. 
And that means you don't slap the guy in the face, you walk away. What do you think his mates thought of that? Costly. And yet Daryl is a brand new man. Thanks to the grace, the gift, the treasure of God in his life. It'll cost. Please. The Christian faith is not about bolting on a little bit of God to what you already have and already are. Please. Christian living is not about coming to church. And, and sort of just, oh, I'll, 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 how many, 150, 60 hours in my week? Well, I'll give one hour of the week to come along to church. And that is everything. It's every single hour. It's every single moment. Will you consider that cost? It's worth it. Will you take that step? You won't regret it. It's quite interesting. I was just reading this story. It's just probably the smallest, the shortest reading we've ever had in one verse. And yet, uh, rather like the old TV times, I never knew there was so much in it. Do you notice that the man doesn't sell everything to buy the treasure in the story? You see that when he discovered it, he, in his joy, he went and sold all he had and bought the field. I think there's something in that. We'll never be able to afford the treasure. We can't buy the treasure. You can't buy Jesus. You can't earn your way into his good books. We will never be good enough. How many of us have kept a New Year's resolution all the way through the year? Mine have usually been, but I, I can't meet my own standards. I'm not good enough by my own standards. I'll never be good enough for God. I can't earn my way to God. I can't afford the treasure. He gives it to me. He allows me to discover it. Now, the, the man doesn't buy the treasure. He buys the field in which there is the treasure. In other words, in selling everything and buying the field, he's making room in his life not just on a Sunday morning or midweek. He's making room at his office in the way in which he conducts his family affairs. He's making room in the way in which he conducts his finances. He expends his energy. He's making room in his future plans, where I'll live, who I'll meet, how I'll portion my time. He's making room for the treasure. Are you ready, willing to do the same or to recommit? doing the same I come into land which probably means that someone's won sermon bingo here's the real the backstory, if you like you and I we're God's treasure we are his treasure we are his pleasure when we discover God and turn to him, he is delighted. There's a hymn that uh, the Christian church sings. Tis the Father's pleasure that we should call him Lord. To receive him as Lord of all of our lives. And that gives the Father, God, pleasure. Jesus said when he told another really famous story and he finished it by saying, I tell you, there is more joy, pleasure, delight in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who don't need to repent. There's joy in heaven over one person 
who discovers God. That delights God. We are his treasure. We are his pleasure. And the measure 